Seattle Sports Saturdays with Curtis Rogers and Taylor Jacobs. On 710 ESPN Seattle. If you missed any of the first hour, make sure you're downloading the Seattle Sports Saturday podcast, Google Play, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever it is you get those. You can find us there. Also, 710sports.com. Click on On Demand. You'll be able to find our show logo there as well. He's Taylor Jacobs. I'm Curtis Rogers with you until 1 o'clock here on 710 ESPN Seattle. Still lots in store for you in this second hour, including we looked at Bobby Wagner in the first hour, what his future with the Seahawks looks like. Well, Jamal Adams, he spoke yesterday to Bill Simmons, uh, the Bill Simmons podcast on the Ringer Network, and we'll get into some of what he had to say, including what some uh, some comments about Pete Carroll he had might sort of tell us about his negotiations. That's coming up in about a half hour from now at 1230. Uh, still plenty in store. Uh, and also, we're, we're keeping our eyes peeled for any sort of Matt Stafford, Jared Goff news today because uh, the trade wins, even though you know we still got a Super Bowl to be played, Next Sunday, uh, the trade winds are howling on the quarterback market, not just Deshaun Watson, but maybe the Rams get involved here. We'll keep an eye out for that here on this Saturday. But before we get into any more uh, of what we've got in store for you, let's get into this hour's Big Three. Number one. Well, quickly, we'll go around the NBA, and it's hard to not feel sympathy, empathy, just straight sadness for Bradley Beal in Washington right now. Washington franchise anchor continuing to produce at one of the highest clips we've seen in NBA history. Entering yesterday, averaging 35.4 points per game in his first 13 games of the season. Pretty remarkable numbers there. However, the unremarkable number would be their current standings in the Eastern Conference with their record at 3-11. and 11. Woof. And it appears that they are on the wrong side of the John Wall-Russell Westbrook swap as the Rockets get better and the uh, the old, I guess, uh, the Washington team here struggling to find a way and not to be helped with the wave of COVID absences that have hampered the roster and everything else affecting the, the team over there in Washington. But... Looking around the rest of the league, 76ers currently at the top of the Eastern Conference on top of the Nets by a game and a half, who are just in front of the Bucks by a half game. So close there in the East and in the West, just as close with the new team Jazz on the uh, top of the rankings, with both LA teams placed right behind them in the rest race for the West. Number two. If you missed it, late Friday night saw another landscape-shifting trade agreed upon in Major League Baseball. The St. Louis Cardinals will look to be acquiring perennial all-star and gold glove third baseman Nolan Arenado from the Colorado Rockies in exchange for prospects in cash. Now, that dollar amount headed to St. Louis expected to be around $50 million for maybe the most underrated player in the bigs and also one of the best players that Rockies franchise has ever seen. Now, for a division that 
hadn't really done anything all offseason, the Cardinals have made a massive statement to the rest of the NL Central. Some other movement in Major League Baseball. Jock Peterson, former Dodgers outfielder, he signs a one-year deal with the Chicago Cubs. Former Yankee starter Masahiro Tanaka, he's headed back to Japan. And former Dodgers utility man Kike Hernandez, he is signed with the Boston Red Sox. Now, as for spring training, which is set to get underway in a couple of weeks down in Peoria for the Mariners and for a bunch of other Cactus League teams, well, Maricopa County officials in Arizona have requested the Cactus League delay its start from mid-February to March because of COVID numbers in the area. Now, no word yet on if that might happen, but if it does, we will definitely keep you posted about it. Number three. Well, things in Houston go from bad to worse to maybe worst in franchise history for the Texans as Deshaun Watson officially requesting a trade from the Texans this past week. And today, this morning, growing talk that J.J. Watt has maybe also played his final game in a Texans uniform, which could mean four stars leaving Houston for greener pastures, if you think about it, Springer, Harden, Watt, and Watson. David Culley announced as the head coach this past week and introduced to the Houston media Son's owner, so without the Houston Texans owner by his side, to answer those difficult questions about Deshaun Watson. But Culley says he took the job knowing Deshaun Watson was going to be the team's quarterback going forward, which still seems a little bit puzzling. Big if and- true. Big if true. Big if true energy on that one. So Houston has a big problem, and the solution honestly might just be at this point to blow it all up, to try and get the most you can for Watson, try and get the most you can for Watt, and try and rebuild because uh, it looks bad. But this could have a massive, massive ripple effect on the rest of the NFL. What could the D-end market look like? Could a team like the Seahawks be in play for a guy like J.J. Watt on a cheaper uh, contract to try and get him to a championship. So, And what will happen with Watson? Could he end up on a competitor? Will he make a team a competitor when he arrives there? Will he arrive anywhere else? We'll keep an eye on it going forward. That is this hour's big three here on Seattle Sports Saturday. And, yeah, yeah I mean, that whole Texans mess, it's hilarious that – both the GM, Nick Casario, and the head coach, David Coley, have both sort of called Deshaun Watson's bluff. And then Watson, earlier this morning, taking down all references to the Texans from his social media pages. Uh, you know, that's that's the classic move nowadays in sports. If you want to get out of a team that you're currently employed with, you take them off your social media. That's That's how you do it. And not only that, Curtis, this is the guy who donated his first NFL paycheck to the staff who work at the Texans um, headquarters. What what a move. What a gesture. And they're running that guy out of town. And it is uh, it's unfortunate. And look, we may also see one of the biggest trades as far as capital ever. You're talking about a, a top flight quarterback still with a lot of good years left to play. Contract control, what could that mean for a team who just needs that sure thing at quarterback? What are they willing to give up? There's a lot to look at there. There is. I'm eagerly anticipating the uh, the smear campaign from the Texas organization yeah. on Deshaun oh. Watson. 
Uh, that's probably going to come out in the next couple of weeks. Just like, oh, this guy, you know, showing up late to meetings, blah, blah, blah. It's like, okay. But, I mean, statistically, one of the best quarterbacks threw for 4,800 yards this last year. Uh, he is your franchise, and you're doing everything you can to, to get him out of there. It, it makes zero sense. Uh, some honorable mentions. How about the Baseball Hall of Fame class or lack thereof in 2021? I mean, <laughs> Uh, this year's ballot did leave a lot to be desired in terms of candidates that could have gotten in, but there were plenty of people who, if you simply look at the numbers, very worthy of getting in. But as we know, the Baseball Writers Association of America, they love themselves some uh, baseball writers. They, if they could vote for themselves, they would, uh, Boy, a, a shutout. There was nobody elected to this year's Hall of Fame class. Uh, I mean, obviously, Kurt Schilling, uh, he had the most votes this year, has now been asked to be removed from the ballot so that he can get voted in by the Veterans Committee. Meanwhile, you've got Bonds and Clemens heading into their final year of eligibility next year, at least on the ballot. Uh Taylor, this has become – it has gone from a an incredible – what should be a very joyous occasion for baseball and, and something to celebrate the history of the game, and it has been rammed through the mud, and only the baseball writers are to be blamed for this, uh, especially just the mockery that it has become. It, it's – it's almost it's headache inducing every time around this year when you see the ballots get tabulated it is not fun anymore no and and to be honest i i think the griffey moment when uh was it three people didn't vote for ken griffey junior to make the hall of fame on the first ballot costing him a, a unanimous first ballot hall of fame career and you look back on the history, now there's only a couple of people who can say that they were unanimous, but not Babe Ruth, not Hank Aaron, not Ken Griffey Jr. It, it is so flawed, and the, the, the rationale they, they run themselves through and some of this is just, it's malarkey. That's the only way you can put it. It's just pure malarkey, and I don't like it. And it's becoming, it used to be one of the most respected halls in all of sports, and now it, it just feels like a joke. It honestly just feels like a joke. Yeah, you've got the all-time hit leader out, one of the greatest pitchers ever, Roger Clemens, the home run leader, uh, Barry Bonds. Uh, I mean, yeah, those guys all have, you know, tremendous question marks about, you know, whether they did it the right way or not, but it's the Hall of Fame and baseball just can't continue. They just keep getting in their own way. Uh, another honorable mention yesterday, uh, the passing of legendary college basketball head coach John Chaney, who led the Temple Owls for so many years, led them to a whole bunch of elite eights, uh, just a, a legendary guy, um, and also known for uh, – you know, maybe infamously known for that press conference where he tried to fight John Calipari, uh, one of oh. the great sound bites in sports history. Uh, so rest in peace to John Chaney. Uh, big loss for the college basketball world yesterday. That is this hour's big three. Coming up, we're going to take a look at how Seattle might handle Jamal Adams' negotiations. And if he said anything yesterday, they might give us a glimpse into how those will go. But up next, more NFL headlines to 
get into, including that quarterback carousel that could potentially get started in Los Angeles with the Rams. That's next here on Seattle Sports Saturday. Seattle Sports Saturdays with Curtis Rogers and Taylor Jacobs on 710 ESPN Seattle. No games to be played this week, but there was plenty of drama in the NFL as we talked about it in the big three of this hour. The Deshaun Watson saga in Houston continues to sprout legs. Yesterday, during David Coley's introductory press conference, Texans GM Nick Casarios took to the podium uh, and said in cut number three here that they have no interest in trading Deshaun Watson. Um, I just want to address a couple things here quickly before we get started. Um, so organizationally, um, just want to reiterate our commitment to Deshaun Watson. Um, he's had a great impact on this organization, a great impact on a lot of people, a great impact on this team. And uh, we look forward to the opportunity to spend more time with him here this spring once we get started. And, you know, we have zero interest in trading the player. Um, we have a great plan, a great vision for, for him and for this team and his role on our team. And we look forward to the opportunity to spend more time with him here this spring. A couple things about that quote, Taylor. I can't get over them calling him the player. That's weird yes. to me. His name is Deshaun Watson. Right. Address like, him as such. by his name. Yeah. Yeah. And the then players, also, that... yeah. And then also Nick Casario has been on the job for what, a couple weeks. And he thinks that, all of a sudden, now Deshaun Watson's going to be okay with joining a front office that he has never, that was brought in without his sort of knowing and the head coach situation, too. I mean, David Coley, sure, he has been an assistant in the NFL for a long time. He's 65 years old. But there's no way that was the top name on Deshaun Watson's list. And I think a lot of people. Uh, point to the Eric Bieniemy uh, passing over him. You know the Kansas City offensive coordinator as the head coach. Uh, Houston is a mess. I love to see it. I don't mind this love drama. To love to see it. But Taylor, I mean, it, it feels almost tone deaf for Nick Casario to, to talk in that way to Deshaun Watson. Right, and and they have no leverage. Spoiler alert, they have no leverage. They re-signed him to this big deal. He could sit out. Oh, and by the way, he he has a no-trade clause, so he may enact that at any moment. So he's got all the leverage, all the control, all the power, and if you're the Texans, we mentioned in the last segment, the smear campaign is going to be for the public, not for other GMs. They are going to try and make it seem like the Texans are making the right move by questioning his character. But other GMs are not like regular people. They will not buy into that, and he will still cost them the same pre-smear campaign, post-smear campaign. He will cost a lot, and uh, it will be interesting to see if any teams are willing to pay the, the, the price to, to go and get him. What did you make of Texans owner Cal McNair not being in attendance for the David Coley press conference yesterday? Oh, I mean, it's it's chicken. It's like the only way you could. It's chicken little right there. Like, there's no other way around that. To not sit up there with your guy, your two guys that you hired to, to be in charge of the ship, to not sit up there and to support them, even with your presence. I know you don't want to take questions, 
tell them you don't want to take questions. To not be there is just cowardly, and it just tells you where the organization is. There, There is no real leadership at the top, so all the way down, there's no real leadership. Stinks from the head down. Uh, also in the NFL, the quarterback market may be heating up in L.A. with the Rams, the NFC West rivals of the Seahawks. ESPN's Jeremy Fowler reporting that L.A. is among the teams to have shown interest in Lions quarterback Matthew Stafford. And then additionally this morning, the Athletics' Jordan Rodrigue uh, says the Rams have also begun exploratory talks about trading quarterback Jared Goff. Now, in a press conference this last week, GM Les Snead, uh, who runs the Rams in cut number four here, was very noncommittal about Jared Goff's future. So you can't say at this moment that Jared Goff will be on the team in 2021. What I can say is Jared Goff's a Ram in this moment. And I said it's way too early to speculate. The future, that's a beautiful mystery. Ooh. That's that's not good. That's not good for no. Jared Goff. Uh, no, I mean, that's basically uh, yeah. saying that they don't want him. <laughs> definitely. That's definitely what it is. Because Goff... He took so many step back, steps back this season. He was not who Goff had been under the first years of Sean McVay. And I think the Rams recognize that. And they have even over the last couple of days said that if Goff does return to the Rams in 2021, that there may even be an open competition between him and John Walford, who, as we all know, got hurt in the Seahawks game, uh, was expected to play he won the rams their game in week 17 that clinched them a playoff berth uh it is all bad right now in terms of jared goff and his i think relationship with the rams it seems to be strained it it seems to me as though that head coach uh sean McVay, he he doesn't believe in goff anymore uh so they could potentially be moving on here uh some other news in the nfl more quarterback news ben roethlisberger uh, he is going to have a $41 million cap hit next season if he doesn't restructure, but he has told the Steelers front office that he doesn't indeed plan to restructure his deal to open up some cap space uh, in order for the Steelers to bring guys in. So, Taylor, I guess this may be the earliest in an off season that the speculation of Ben Roethlisberger's future has already been decided because he's always somebody that draws it way out and is like, I don't know if I'm playing or not. Uh, thankfully, that discourse is is over very quickly. Yes, as much as we can keep Ben Roethlisberger out of the news, out of the headlines, just out of everything, I think especially in Seattle, we're all pro that. We're all pro that idea. Less Ben is more. Uh, so, look, it's great he's willing to restructure. Maybe this will influence a quarterback by the number three here in Seattle. Maybe he's willing to shift some dollars around to maybe help with some of this offseason and the constraints that the Seahawks will have with the cap and lack of draft picks. And it's uh, the, the Steelers are in a sort of similar boat where they need that help from the QB so they can go out and keep some of these players, re-sign or sign some more help because they started off hot, but then they fizzled at the end of that season. So... They need to get right quickly because, again, Ben Roethlisberger probably only got a couple years left before they need to make a really big decision about who's going to lead that organization. 
Yeah, and they brought in uh, Dwayne Haskins last week on a one-year deal. Mm-hmm. No money guaranteed to him, so a prove-it deal for sure. As Haskins, you know, his career is kind of on life support at this point. But he's a first-round pick, only a year removed from being a first-round pick. Maybe there's talent there, but obviously Washington was tired of his antics, tired of of him sort of fumbling away all of these opportunities that have been given to him on a silver platter. Um, maybe he's the future. Maybe he's learned something. He's going to a, a pretty stable organization in Pittsburgh. Uh, who knows if that is what the Steelers plan on doing as sort of the uh, the next sort of generation of quarterback with the Steelers organization. And then uh, some incredible news yesterday. Washington football team head coach Ron Rivera, uh, as we all know, has been uh, battling cancer over the last year or so. Uh, he announced that he is officially cancer-free. He announced that on Thursday night, actually. Uh, just a tremendous, tremendous story. Uh, him still even being able to coach while going through treatments this last season. Uh, you know, one of the good guys in the NFL and somebody that uh, that organization needed him more than he needed them. And I, I like that the tone, I, I like the tone that he has set for that that team uh, where he's just not going to accept anything less than than a you know quality standard and, and now that he's got this sort of in his rear view uh, you know shout out to him shout out to his family uh, shout out to Ron Rivera for for beating you know cancer and, and being able to now kind of get on with his coaching career totally and I'm sure he cherishes the, the feat of defeating cancer more than maybe any victory in the NFL as he should because what a what a win uh, what a win for the league t- to have a guy like Ron Riverboat Ron still around and, and calling plays and having his impact on that team in Washington and unfortunately or fortunately they need a lot of impact there in Washington and having a guy like uh, Ron Rivera who is a stable sort of source of reflection and he can be a great leader all of those things they got that in that coach so touche to them they don't make a whole lot of right moves there in washington they made one by changing the name they made another by hiring ron rivera and uh we'll see where they go from here and then maybe they'll be able to capitalize on some of that good defense from the end of the season and turn this team into a legitimate contender that are uh those are some of the biggest headlines in the nfl during this I guess you call it a bye week. It's normally Pro Bowl week, but that's not happening, at least in the, uh, Madden the normal week? sense I guess we call it, it Madden week. Yeah. I guess, yeah. They're, they're going to be streaming that tomorrow, I think. I don't know mm-hmm. how they're going to they're gonna do it, but uh, those are some of the biggest headlines in the NFL. Coming up in this hour still, we need your shout-outs to the Visi Heart Seltzer text line 710-710. But up next, how will Seattle handle Jamal Adams' negotiations this offseason? We talk that next on Seattle Sports Saturday. Seattle Sports Saturdays with Curtis Rogers and Taylor Jacobs on 710 ESPN Seattle. 
Busy Heart Seltzer text line. That is where you want to text in your shout-outs. We get to those every single Saturday at 1245. That's how we wrap it up here on Seattle Sports Saturday. Make sure you're texting those in. Just anybody or anything you would like to give a shout-out to this week. Uh, that is coming your way in about 15 minutes from now. He's Taylor Jacobs. I'm Curtis Rogers. And Taylor, I don't know if you were doing anything late last night, but Jamal Adams, he was joining Bill Simmons in his podcast, uh, the Bill Simmons Podcast, courtesy of the Ringer Network. And in it, he had he had some good stuff to say. And, and Jamal has, has always been very candid. That's that's something you can bank on him uh, being, no matter the situation, no matter anything. And uh, he he had plenty to say, including some stuff that may kind of give a glimpse into how these negotiations with the Seahawks might go. Now, cut number seven here, Jamal Adams, uh, talking about his time already in Seattle and saying he just he can't believe how lucky he is to be here. Since day one, when I walked in, I've noticed the difference. I, I knew there was a big difference when I walked in. And then maybe... Two or three months later, I'm still poking myself saying, is this real? There's no way they run this organization like this. This this has to be trick dice. This is not <laughs> this is not real, you know? And they treat you like a pro, man. And that's what it's about. That's how you grow as a person on and off the field. They treat you like a pro. And if you don't want to do it, then you'll find yourself out. And that's the beautiful thing. That sounds like somebody that wants to be here. That sounds like somebody that wants to continue with the Seahawks. And I think that is a great thing for the Seahawks organization because Jamal Adams, when healthy, gave this defense just an an incredible dynamic ability that they just, you can't replicate it with anybody else. And when hearing that, and I think a big part of that is is what happened to him in New York, uh, coming from, let's be honest, one of the worst-run organizations to now one of the best. Uh, when you hear Jamal Adams talk that way about Seattle and the Seahawks organization, Taylor, what do you think he what What do you think the Seahawks hear when they hear that? Do they think somebody that maybe uh, giving them a hometown discount or, or is this something that uh, you know, is going to work in their favor here? I don't know about a hometown discount, but he wants to be here. And not only that, the Seahawks, I think really want him to be here because if you were to take them as a team and to take, to pull Pete Carroll and John Schneider and Jody Allen, get him in a room and say, what's the Seahawks mission statement on the field and off the field. And they were to take that statement and put it in a machine and it would create a human being. That human being would be Jamal Adams. That's who that would be because he just, he walks the walk. He talks the talk. He lives it. He breathes it. He is what they're trying to find, right? They're trying to find players who feel empowered when they come here versus feeling like they're employed. Right. And, For Jamal, he was an employee of the Jets for a long time. Now he's empowered to be a Seahawk here in Seattle and be the best pro. And 
for those guys, they don't have to think about some of that stuff. And it takes some of those pressures off. And we've heard it from Jake Heaps. He's been to a couple different, you know, facilities around the league. And you've heard it from other pros when they come to Seattle about how different things are here. And it's nothing to overlook or glance past if you're a Seahawk fan or someone who appreciates this team and what they're doing because they've made a connection with these players and they've found it valuable to empower them that way because you come and you get results like this from every other player. So it, he may not take less money. He's still the best safety probably in the league or one of, and he broke the sack record and he's going to get some money for that. So, but I think if you're going to invest in someone like we were just talking about with Bobby and Russell, he could be the bridge to the next generation from Bobby to Jamal to whoever may be three, four years down the line from now at the end of Pete Carroll's tenure, who may be taking over the defense then. You bring up Pete Carroll. Jamal Adams also spoke about uh, sort of his first impressions of, of playing for Pete this season, how that went. Cut number eight here talks about how, how impressed he was with Pete. I just remember telling him, man, I just want to be the greatest to do it, right? And I just want to get all this and get all that and win a Super Bowl. He stopped me and was like, hey, you don't have to do anything special but just be you. You don't have to change anything outside of the building, outside of in, – in the. you don't have to change anything. I want you to come here and be Jamal Adams, be the best version of Jamal Adams. Whatever you want to do, on and off the field – for your future, whatever, broadcasting, interviews, etc. Do it to the best of your ability and just be a true pro at it. He always talked about being a true pro, man, and he always talked about competing. And when he sat me down and told me that, it just really opened my eyes up and, and just took a burden off my back. Again, I mean, Jamal Adams very glowing in his praise for the Seahawks organization. Some text coming into the Vizzy Hard Seltzer text line, 710, 710. The 206 says, you have to pay him. He impacts the game. He makes a difference. Uh, another, uh, I think the same 206 number says, you got to pay Jamal. You must pay him. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I think it, the importance of paying Jamal Adams has also increased by what they gave up for him. You cannot go through and and think about letting Jamal Adams go in free agency or trading him again, because what kind of message does that send? It, it, it sends one that like we we clearly overlooked the situation and we paid too big of a price and now we're paying for it on the other end. And Jamal Adams is a guy who is clearly worthy of of top dollar. I mean, how many teams would love to have him on their organization? I guess other than other than the Jets. But to me, if you're the Seahawks, you absolutely cannot, uh, you know, count your losses here and move on from him because that would not just set you back in the two years after the trade when you don't have a first round pick. But that's gonna, you know, set you back years down the road because you won't have somebody of Adams's caliber in your defense. And he's in his prime right here, two hundred six. Jamal is a superstar in his prime. One hundred percent correct. You cannot let players like that out of the building. And again, if Jamal Adams had a healthy shoulder, not even a healthy rest of the body, right? Let's just say his shoulder was healthy. Cooper Cup probably doesn't catch that big bomb. 
we're talking about a different Rams Seahawks game there. And in spite of all the things and all of the struggles, the Seahawks had to endure, right? So you could have been talking about a completely different outcome if one player had one little injury not be so bad. So his impact can be measured both on the field and it can't be measured in the stuff he's doing off the field and the impact on the young people looking at Jamal and saying, I got to look at this guy. I got to follow what he is doing and follow his example because that's how we're going to be successful in this league. I mean, to me, I look at Jamal Adams and you look at the safety talent that has come through the Seahawks organization over the last couple of years, Earl Thomas, Camp Chancellor being uh, the the two foremost examples of what great safety play looks like in this organization, at least for the younger generation. The older, you know, the old heads, they've got Kenny Easley, who is a Hall of Famer in his own right. I don't think there's any reason for Jamal Adams to, to not have a Hall of Fame type career in you know, he's what, four years into the league, is already a three-time All-Pro. I mean, that's just ridiculous amounts of productivity. And we talked about Bobby and his contract earlier in the show and and whether or not, you know, his greatest value to the Seahawks is elsewhere or, or whether or not, you know, you trade him for, for getting some draft capital back. Jamal Adams' greatest value to the Seahawks is absolutely on the roster, and we learned that in the games that he missed this season. Uh, I mean, you look at the secondary. Quandre Diggs is a great player. He's a pro bowler as well. But the secondary without Jamal Adams leaves a lot to be desired. You're not going to be able to count on Ryan Neal game in and game out to give you the same level uh, that Jamal Adams gives you. And, and Neal is a good player. He made some plays when he was in the lineup this season, and that's not a knock on him. I think he has a, a great chance of making the roster next year, but you're not Jamal Adams. There is only one guy who is as good as him, and, and the Seahawks have him. you got to do whatever it takes to keep him around. And, you know, maybe that means sort of changing up how you approach these contract extensions because how often have we seen guys get extended in Seattle's program at, you know, the early part of the offseason? The only one I can think of is Russell Wilson. It doesn't happen often, but maybe you make an exception for Jamal Adams simply based off of how vital he is to what goes on in that defense. And maybe the message, right? You reward the guy who buys in 100%, right? And they've rewarded Bobby. They rewarded Russell. They've rewarded some of these guys with these big contracts. They rewarded Cam, right, before he got hurt. That being on the, the negative side of the impact for the Seahawks and some of their contracts that they've signed. So it's going to cost some money. Look, you're going to have to make some tough decisions in order to keep Jamal Adams here. But... I think we both agree the decisions it's going to force you to make are worth it because having a guy like Jamal Adams in that Navy jersey with a little bit of action green is going to be way more valuable than seeing him in a jersey on the other side of the field. Viziard Seltzer text line. It is there for you at 710-710. Text your shout-outs in. We want to read yours as we wrap up our Saturday with you, we'll give you our shout-outs as well. Plenty still more to get to here on Seattle Sports Saturday on 710 ESPN Seattle.
Seattle Sports Saturdays with Curtis Rogers and Taylor Jacobs on 710 ESPN Seattle. You know what time it is. It is time for your shout outs as we finish off our Saturday with you here on 710 ESPN Seattle. This is Seattle Sports Saturday. I'm Curtis Rogers. He is Taylor Jacobs. And Taylor, let's head on out to the Vizzy Hard Seltzer text line. Uh, shout out to Curtis's dad for getting his COVID vaccine today. Yes, hey. absolutely. Yeah, love my that. dad, he posted. Yeah, absolutely love that. He posted it on Facebook, and uh, I recognize that phone number. That looks like my mom's phone number. So shout out to uh, to that going down. Uh, I believe he's got his, his second shot coming up uh, in a couple of weeks. But always always good to see uh, people getting that vaccine. Uh, keep doing that if, you've, if you're qualified. And uh, for those of us who are awaiting qualification, uh, hang in there. We've, we've, we've got a little bit longer to go. But uh, shout out to everybody who has even made that possible um, because they are, they are the true heroes of this day. Um, so shout out to them, but Taylor, I, I think for shout outs this week, you know, there was an incredibly sad and incredibly difficult story um, that took over the sports world and it originated here in Seattle, here with a, a former Seahawk player, somebody who was on the 2020 Seahawk team, Chad Wheeler. And the allegations against him are incredibly serious. They are heinous. It is disgusting what he may have have done to his girlfriend. And I... It is so difficult to put yourself in those shoes if you have never experienced that. Uh, I can say, luckily, I have never experienced that in my life. But my shout-out this week goes to all victims and all survivors of domestic abuse, of, of any kind of abuse, really, because you know it is so difficult to kind of move past that in your life you're never really ever going to be able to move past that and it just impacts you for the rest of your life and you know this week we were able to bring on Ward Urion of of coaching boys into men a a group that we have partnered with here in uh, here on 710 ESPN Seattle and if you would like more information about them uh, be sure to text coach the word coach to 710-710 the Vizzy Hard Seltzer text line Um, and we can't go back in time to prevent abuse from happening, but we definitely can do things in the now to prevent it from happening any further. And that's what an organization like coaching boys into men strives to do. And I, I am, I, I know you echoes these sentiments, Taylor, in that we are so lucky to be partnered with an organization like that. Um, there were a lot of tough conversations to be had surrounding the uh, the Chad Wheeler arrest this week, um, but those conversations are necessary, and I'm I'm glad we were able to have them across all the shows here on 710 ESPN Seattle. Yeah, and look, another resource uh, that's a great one: Team Up Washington, coaching boys into men, and athletes as leaders. Those are the sort of three branches that they use to help teach youth about 
you know what's right and what's wrong when when dealing in a relationship with issues and and experiencing difficulties so and the other one i'd love to throw out there curtis is lifewire they're in bellevue uh phone number is 425-746-1940 that number again 425-746-1940 24-hour helpline if you're having issues in your relationship or you're experiencing abuse at home or somewhere in your life, that's a resource for you to go out there to use. Please, it's there for you. And, um, you know, there are just resources out there to help. And, and I encourage you, if you are experiencing anything like that, to just go out there and use some of those resources to, to your benefit because you deserve it. And, you know, you are a, a valued member of the society. And that's why we have these things in place to help people like you who may be going through stuff like this. So I, I think that's a great one. <clears throat> Love that. And I'll stay similar to mine, a little bit more lighthearted, but again, with volunteering and thinking about that, uh, people know me know that I love esports. I love gaming. They also know I love the special Olympics. And when the two of them come together, it's like my ultimate dream. So for those interested, uh, you can sign up at um, soawavirtualgames.org, so Special Olympics Washington Virtual Games.org. And uh, you have two more days to sign up. Uh, if you play Rocket League, it's a soccer-type goal-scoring game, three-on-three, three, but you and two Special Olympic athletes can form a team, and you'll be competing in this huge tournament. They're trying to figure out ways to sort of engage with some of the athletes right now during the pandemic. And this is one of them. I unfortunately won't be able to um, compete this year and I'll have prior commitments on the date, which is March 6th and 7th is when you're playing. Um, but if you can join and you can represent me and represent Washington and the special Olympics and they, um, they're such a great organization to work with. It made me fall in love with sports again when I worked there at the, the summer games a couple of years ago. So if you have that opportunity, again, soawavirtualgames.org. Highly encourage you. Even if you don't play Rocket League, just go out there, have some fun. Uh, you're going to make some great memories and maybe make some new friends in the process as well. So I just wanted to give that my quick shout out uh, for the week. Absolutely. And just, yeah, Special Olympics, very near and dear to both of our hearts. You know, my sister, yep. she's competed in, in Special Olympics for uh, most of her, you know, childhood and adult life. Uh, so uh, definitely a, an incredible cause there. And, and you know, that's one of those kind of overlooked things that, uh, you know, with the pandemic, with, you know, not being able to gather, not being able to have sports, you know, it impacts, you know, the Special Olympics as well. And so for them to be able to, to compete on a virtual level, yeah, it's not the same as being in person, but it's still, you know, competition, uh, just a great gesture by Special Olympics for them to be able to put that on, um, you know, just just a great, great thing going on there. One more thing? Yeah, and they're, I was just going to say their motto is, and I love this, I love bringing this up, their motto at the Special Olympics is, let me win. But if I cannot win, let me be brave in the attempt. And that's what sports is about, right? You may, someone is going to lose. But if you can be brave in the fact that you can play the game, that you can attempt to go out there and get it done, that's what it's all about. And that's truly at the heart of the Special Olympics. 
And that's what should be at the heart of every sports fan. So I implore you, if you have some time to volunteer, to, to, to volunteer with that organization, that it will be truly valuable for your time and for your soul. It's just truly been impactful to me and Curtis and a lot of people here in this area. Yeah, sports are for everyone, and I think it's important that everyone knows that. It's not just for a certain section of people. They are for everyone. Everybody is welcome. Uh, and if you are, are not welcoming, uh, you know, you got to check yourself because uh, sports, they should be enjoyed by everybody in every walk of life, uh, no matter who you are. And uh, I think, you know, it's I think there's no better note to wrap up on than that one here on Seattle Sports Saturday. Uh, if you missed any of the show, make sure you download the podcast, 710sports.com. Click on On Demand. We're there for you, as well as every show, every hour of every show at your fingertips, readily available for you. So, yeah, that'll do it for us here on this Saturday. we got Cougar basketball coming up later today on 710 ESPN Seattle. Make sure you're tuning in for that. Uh, but for Taylor Jacobs, I'm Curtis Rogers. We will be back with you next week here on Seattle Sports Saturday.